0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen Linda with your very own host Manakadeen. Um I'm excited to be back to be sitting here having a little chit-chat situation with you guys. Um, I hope everyone has been having a great start to the year. Although that is my hope, I do understand that we are all in different situations. We're all in different contexts of life. Um <laughs> Some may be uh, starting off the year celebrating and some may be starting off the year just maybe in grief or um, probably not in the best of spirits. And so I recognize and empathize and understand both sides. And so whichever, you know, whichever side of the coin you do land on, I do hope that you are surrounded by people who can speak life. Um, into you that can encourage you that can motivate you that can cry with you um, that can sit still with you whatever your need is I do hope that those are being met um, first and foremost you by you know by you showing up for yourself but then also by being surrounded by um, good people and good family so that is my hope and desire I wish you all the best this new year it's really exciting um, we have a whole, whole 12 months, y'all, whole 12 months to go in 2022. And um, who knows where life can take you, you know? And so that's kind of my thing. I'm stepping into this new year with um, just understanding, you know, the fact that anything can happen um, as terrifying and as equally as exciting as that may be, um, you know, that's the truth. So Anything can happen. Life can take you anywhere. um, And your life matters. So that's the plan. Let's just keep chugging along. To be honest, the way my year has unfolded, it's only January 17th. Um, I don't understand how it's only been 17 days considering the events of my life. But it's okay. Um, Just you know, goes to show and prove exactly my point that anything can happen. So there's that. Uh, So today I, you know, kind of just want to talk about something that um, was inspired by an amazing epic conversation that I had with an amazing human being. Um, It was actually quite a while ago, though. it was about like six months ago, five months ago. Um, It was in the fall, the beginning of last fall. And I mean, this person is so underrated. I mean, come on. Like she's phenomenal. (laughs) And you know, I'm not gonna say no names, but I'm definitely gonna shout you out um, personally. Um, And so yeah, we met up and you know, we don't get to talk often. We don't get to spend time often. But whenever we do, it's always just so edifying, so encouraging. Um, And just so honest, you know, we just kind of come together and just our guards are down. So it's, it's, it's great to have people that you can trust and have those conversations with, even if they're not maybe in your, um, inner, inner circle, you know? So we talked about a lot of things, but something that did stick with me, we kind of were just talking about the idea of, um, you know, societal pressures on our lives and how our life should be unfolding by a certain time or a certain age or certain things, you know, that we should have, by now or experienced by now. Um, and so, and then that versus the reality of just like who you are and how there's really no specific timeline, um, that people or people that don't even exist, really, it's really just social constructs, to be honest, um, that put, you know, those kind of expectations on your life is just not going to add up. And so, um, yeah, we kind of were just having those kind kind of conversations and, um, we realize some truths, you know, and, you know, if, I'm pretty sure it's a human, it's, it's a commonality we all have. It's a human experience um, to have maybe, you know, your inner voice pressuring you, you know, to be something or be, or have something uh, by a certain time, but then also the the voice of society out there um, and what we see and hear and the people that we're around um, those pressures kind of just can come on and we kind of just take it on. You know what I mean? We kind of accept it and it becomes this inner voice. Um, and before we know it, we live our lives kind of just having an echo or a sound, um, that, you know, that yells things that are not true. And so the thing is though, right? so what are these things? There's there's a a few of these things that, I mean, that are prominent. So there's marriage, there's kids, um, there's maybe financial stability. Um, You know, yeah, I I think those are the three main things. I mean, honestly, that's kind of, I don't want to say American society. I think it's cultural. I know, you know, culture is something to be considered. Cultural sensitivity is something to be considered when, Um, we're assessing what expectations are put on us, um, and then, you know, what we put on ourselves. And so, um, however, though, I do think most cultures, most societies, the goal and the timeline is, you know, you, you grow up, you have an education, um, you get married, you have kids and you raise those kids, you know, um. And typically, you know, people want to put age, age is is, is a big factor. That's just the the truth Um, with these pressures and these social constructs. um, And so when we're considering these things for our own lives, um, desiring these things, it's it's also a common, you know, I would think it's a common human experience. And then there are some who maybe don't want that You know, certain things. Maybe some people don't want kids. Maybe some people don't want to be married. Maybe um, some people don't want to have a corporate job. You know, Um, and so it's all different. However, I mean, I do think when it comes to stability, I'm pretty sure everyone wants to be financially stable. Um, When it comes to love, whether that's platonic or you know, um, you know, like uh, romantic relationships. All of those things, I think, I mean, humans wanna experience and have love in any context. And so when we get down to the foundations of these uh, of these things, I think most people want these things um, just in different contexts. However, um, it is a complete disservice to ourselves to take on pressures that, first of all, we, you might just even be pressuring yourself to have certain things or to be a certain way by a certain time just because you think society is expecting that from you or just because your culture is expecting it from you or your family, you know, and you probably don't even want those things. So that's kind of like insane. However, I empathize and I also can relate to um, wanting something, not because I want it, but because people expect me to have it. Um, Completely problematic. Problematic, and so, um, yeah. So with my friend, we kind of touched on school and the idea of, um, being you know career driven and being ambitious and having this long resume, and this that, and the third and culture was a part of it. You know, I know my Abishas, most cultures, but I know my Abishas. I can, I mean, can speak to that because I am Abishah. But, um, culturally, you know, that is a high demand, high expectation. Um, especially being a child, um, first generation or a child of immigrants, um, it's kind of your way of saying thank you to your family sacrifices and your spe- specifically your parents. Um, and so you kind of just like that is not an option. <laughs> your success is not an option, and your su- you can almost feel like your success level is. Um, like your 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 parents' sacrifices, whether it's one parent, single parent, or both, um, whatever family dynamics you you know we grow up in, or family structures, it's it's almost like your success is their form of repayment or response to their sacrifices, and so that can get really heavy really fast, and that can have a lot of pressures um, on us, you know, and so. We kind of started off talking about education and that whole ordeal and culturally um, that not being an option. And But the thing is, my friend was actually really content with where she was. Like, she loves her job. She, um, you know, she can support herself. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's levels to stability. Um, yeah, she can support herself. She loves her job. Um, but then she kind of was just expressing to me, you know, this dark cloud that kind of hovers over her. Um, and it's like a cloud of just comparison and setting, you know, like the standard is not being met, especially from, um, the perspective of her parents. Like, this is not it kind of thing, but what if it is it for you? You know, like, what if, what if this is it? What if you could do this for the rest of your life and you're happy? And so when even applying that to um, relationships, what if you don't want to get married? You know, what if you want to be single for the rest of your life? Um, And so kind of just challenging these things. Not only that, but what if it all happened when it happens? How about that? You know, how about that? And so uh, we were kind of talking. And one of the things that really just really spoke to me and made me emotional and could make me relate is, the variable of potentially losing yourself and getting lost in this timeline, the societal timeline, Um, and really like striving and working for things you actually don't want, you know? And what a sad place to be, honestly. And, you know, it's not above any of us and I can relate as well. Um, I remember when I first started college, I truly tell you, granted, you know, there's always um, a deeper root for everything, but, you know, for me, it was probably insecurities thinking that I could not do school, like, school is not, mm-mm, no, you know, like, I, I felt like I was not enough to, um, to really exceed, you know, excel, excel in school, and that, I mean, that has been with me for a really long time, I mean, really since, like, middle school, um, and so, Because of those insecurities, I concluded in my head that I simply cannot do college. Like college is a no. Um, However, that's how I felt deep, deep down inside. But I also was kind of like a robot, and I still did what was expected of me. Like I still took um, AP courses, you know, in high school. I still took SAT prep courses, I still took the SAT, I still applied to colleges, I still applied for financial aid, Um, and I'm doing all of these things, not, I mean, it's not that I didn't want to go to college, it's that I felt like I couldn't, so those are two very different things, so, which means, well, that's why I was going through the motions, you know, making sure that um, college was still an option, um, because not only for myself, but my family would literally kill me. So there's that, you know, that cultural aspect. Anyway, so I got, you know, I got into college and I went to started off as in um, at a community college, which at that time, you know, just being honest and vulnerable like that feels like it's less than you know um which really looking back now is such a blessing and now in my work what i do with um in my master's program with the after school program that i work with um i I work with refugee um, uh, youth and immigrant youth and i work at the after school program with them and i am a huge advocate for community school now like because I grew up, you know, and I understood what kind of resource and blessing that was. Anyways, that's, that just goes to show, like, what you may not respect or value just because society doesn't, you know, like, come on, let's compare community school and Duke. You know what I mean? Like, come on, let's be real. You know, you have that. There's a gap there when you're young and insecure and you don't know. Um, and then for that to turn around and show itself as it's a hum, it's really humbling, actually. And anyway, so I started off in community college and when I tell y'all that was like the most depressing time of my life I literally <laughs> could not even put in other words. I was like, what am I doing? Um, and granted I had other personal issues that I was going through and so However, I still showed up in college. Why? Because mm, there's no other option Okay, as an avisha. there's just no other option um And so at some point, though, after I only lasted a year like living like that miserable. Um, And I I decided that my mental health was more important than me going to school just because I was going to school and more important than me going to school because there's nothing else to do, you know, or me going to school because that's the expectation. Um, And so I hit rock bottom and I said, you know, my mental health has to come first or else I won't make it in life period that's how dark it was and so um of course and then I have to credit my faith and you know God and how he was there for me and supportive of uh, honestly not only supportive he was the one who enabled me to prioritize my mental health and to get rid of this idea that my life has to pan out a certain way at a certain time and has to mirror you know my age um friend group or whatever it is. And so it was really difficult at that time because again, the insecurities, and then you feel like you're going to be behind. You're going to be, um, the only one that doesn't, has not attained this by this time or this age, but it was literally, it felt like life or death in in that season. And so God enabled me, you know, God enabled me to, uh, kind of break that mold off of my life. Um, now you know, I, I do, you know, give myself a pat on the back for doing that. And I do credit God and I do believe it was for his glory. Um, but however, it does not mean I was strong in this mindset. So like, even if I made that decision, like I, you know, I decided not to go back to college to, um, traditional college and I decided to do a two year gap program. Well, at that point, it was really a one year cause I didn't know I would go back for a second year. um, But, yeah, I decided to do a one-year gap program um, focusing on my mental and spiritual and emotional well-being, and it served its purpose at that time. But even while I was in that, like, I knew I had made a huge life decision that obviously would have consequences, good and maybe bad. I don't know. I didn't know at that time, you know. But the only bad consequences I was afraid of were not even really consequences. They were just insecurities, which were things like, oh, I'm not going to graduate with my high school batch or, um, you know, with my friends or that would make me a little behind in stability, you know, because the, the goal is get a get a, an education, graduate and get a job and be st- stable, you know, and, and move out and these, you know, these things. And so... I did have those insecurities and those fears, and I still did care about what people think here and there, you know. Um, But overall, though, I didn't care enough to where I was willing to make life decisions based on what people would think of me or based on what they thought my timeline should be, you know. So, I mean, there's strengths and weaknesses in it, you know. It's not, I'm not saying it's easy, you know, to make those kind of decisions that. Maybe it doesn't make sense to some people or a lot of people or maybe it doesn't get applauded by society um, or maybe, you know, society doesn't find value in those things. But it, I had to be true to myself and I had to prioritize myself, you know. And so with that being said, that's just an example. And I mean, honestly, that's that's that has changed the course of my life over, especially in my 20s, because I was um I was 19 when I started that gap year, that gap program, you know, so I spent 19 to 20 and 20 to 21. Um, and I ended up going for a second year, which was also another big decision because even when I was finishing up my first year, it was like, all right, okay, cool. Like you had your moment. Now let's get back to society's timeline. You know, that pressure was there and some of this pressure, I can't blame family or society. It's also just myself. Um, and what i allowed to be true in my mind you know and not only i'm responsible for that anyways so even then it was just like people and yourself and your mind and your thoughts like it's almost like you want to hop right back onto society's timeline but the timeline for your life does not is not adding up it's not going to mirror society's expectation so that's the battle and that's that's the inner battle um And so I ended up going for a second year, and I don't regret it. It was incredible. It actually led me into my desire to help people and to work um, with people and to be in social work. And so it was through that second year GAP program that um, I felt led and compelled to go back to school. But guess what? This time I was going back because I wanted to. This time I was going back because I saw – Um, potential, you know, by getting a degree, like, for my future. And I saw the value in it for me. And so that's, you know, that speaks to... And and so and I I went back and I got accepted back into the um, university system of Georgia. I got, um, you know, I finished whatever courses I had to finish. And then I transferred... To Georgia State University and finished my four-year degree there um, and I minored I mean I majored in sociology and I took some social work classes as well and it was amazing like amazing you know when I say that I mean what what's amazing about it was the subject matter <laughs> that I chose I still was a young college student and I still hated you know being in school let's be real Um, But I loved what I was studying. I loved what I was learning. And so that made it bearable. You know, like people always say, your passion will carry you through certain things maybe you don't feel like doing. And so that was the exact same case for me. Like, it was incredible. Um, And after finishing, you know, I ended up even considering my master's. Who would have ever thought? (laughs) Who would have ever thought? And so now i am 27 and i'm about to be halfway through my master's program so listen linda okay that's the thing you don't know where your life is going to end up but you have to stay true to yourself you have to understand okay why am i doing this you know um or can this happen for me at a different time it doesn't mean it'll never happen and so um yeah, we were having these conversations, and another thing that I, that also stuck out to me in our conversation is this truth. Okay, here we go. I need y'all to take notes, all right? I'm about to drop a bomb. Here it is. People don't actually care. <laughs> like, people really don't care where you end up, what you do, what's happening, The only thing they actually care about is the unfolding of events in your life, which is sad, but it's it's true, you know. Um, No one cares if you don't go to college. And when I say that, I do, you know, I keep in mind family and all these things. When I say no one cares, I'm saying no one has to live with that you know, with your life decisions like you do. So when you make your life decisions, you should consider yourself first and foremost because honestly, people are just going to hear about your life and your life decisions and they're going to be like, oh, okay, okay, oh, okay, I wonder why she did that. Or they'll judge it, they'll criticize it, they might support it, you don't know. Um, But bottom line is they actually don't care you know and unfortunately that's as humans we like the hype of people's lives we like to be there at the highlights we um we like big things happening for people like oh yeah like yeah like that's lit or whatever you know we are there to and, and people mean well you know what I mean I've congratulated so many people on different milestones and different life um, decisions that they've made and And I've genuinely supported them and wish them well. But however, I do know my boundaries with people's lives, decisions, you know, and I don't, I try, I try, I am human, but I try not to judge their decisions um, or the timeline of events in their life, you know? And so, yeah, Linda, that's the thing. No one really cares. You feel like people are watching, but they're only watching to see what you do next. They're not actually supporting and and uh trying to make space in your life to actually be a part of that journey whatever the decision is whatever you know if it's dating someone if it's getting married uh when people don't think you should get married or whatever or um you know whether it's going back for your your degree or what you know all these different things whether it's having a child like they they're there just to hear you know, they just, and, and you know, and that's society, that's most of society, and so we concluded, my friend and I, in that conversation, um, that people just, you know, in in Ethiopian language, we call it wedding. so weringa, weringatunu, okay, that's that's the motto here, let's not be um, which means gossipers, or people that just talk, you know, It's so easy to just sit there and criticize someone's life and judge someone's life and kind of criticize their decisions and even just wonder, like, ooh, like, dang, sis, you're 33 and not married. Like, you're 36 and not married. You ain't had no kids yet. It's so easy to sit there and and butcher someone's uh, life like that and, and criticize it like that. But it's the thing is, though, who made it your business? (laughs) That's the thing. Like, who made it your business, you know? And who made it society's business? And so the conclusion, one of the conclusions is that people only have the amount of power that you give them. You know, society only has the amount of power that we give it. And when I say society, I mean their expectations and the timeline, you know? Um, That's number one. Uh, number two, the thing is we end up living our lives for others and not ourselves. And my, I remember my, one of my biggest fears, uh, was like growing up, especially as a teenager, once I realized, okay, life is starting to hit or whatever, especially in my twenties, my, one of my biggest fears was to be 50 years old, like, and just be running all these 50 years, like running and running to the next thing, to the next thing. And, this, that, the third, and my kids, and how they're progressing, and all these different things, um, and then one day, I get so tired, I stop running, and I'm, and I realized, wait a minute, I lost myself all these years running and chasing after these things that felt like, like, seemed that, you know, that were good for me, and I thought I wanted these things, but really, I'm only doing them, or running after them, because other people want it for me, or other people expect it for me. You know, that is that's scary, you know, and so the goal is to not be those people, to not end up in that space. However, to be people that look back on, on our years um, and our decisions and say every decision that I've made, I've consulted primarily myself. Number one, um, if you are a believer, consulted God, you know, and then. After that, consulted the people that I know have good intentions for me, that I know care about me, um, that I value, whose opinions I value and respect. Those are the three things, you know, that should be on your consultation list. O- outside of that, listen, and, you know, and again, I, like I said before, I understand it's it's an internal struggle, an internal war, um, but the goal is to keep overcoming it. Even if you struggle again, you're like, oh yeah, this man, 2021 was like the year I didn't care. I didn't care what people thought. I, I, I was just running my race. It doesn't matter what people, you know, would think or this, that, or the third. But then 2022 might be the year where what people think may cripple you, you know. And I understand that tug of war. And there's grace for that, obviously. Like I might be insecure tomorrow about my life decisions. Like we're human, you know. But The ultimate goal is to not be overcome by those things and to find the beauty in your life, to find the beauty in your decisions and to find the beauty in the fact that you are capable of making life decisions for yourselves and living with the consequences, you know, um, whether good or bad, that you are capable of extending yourself grace, um, that you are capable of slowly and, and as we get older and older, getting rid of those voices that really do not serve um the purposes of our lives you know and so love your life you know love your decisions um you will make bad decisions you might make a mistake you know um but everything i feel like will work in your favor and everything will work out for your good you know um, because Number one, God is good. And number two, if we focus on the people that love and support us, I really feel like they can serve um, serve our purpose greatly, you know as supporters and contributors to to the um, the timeline of our life and to the unfolding of events in our lives. So that is my encouragement. I hope that you can look around that you can reflect, Um, and see how far you've come, how much of a strong mind and will that you have. Um, I hope that you can celebrate yourself in any season with or without certain things. Um, and yeah, I just hope that you can see yourself, um, as a wholesome person, you know, that may still be desiring or, working for or investing in certain things, um, to obtain or reach, but that you do it because you want to, that you do it because it's a part of your life's purpose and mission and goals. Um, and that you do them when you want to do them. So stay encouraged, um, stay motivated and stay in grace. All right. I'll see you guys next time. And I hope you guys have a blessed week.